0: This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. I'm your host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, CEO and founder of Brightly, the number one destination for conscious consumers around the world. At Good Together, we value the planet over perfection and believe that you can make positive things happen for the planet every day by being a conscious consumer and an informed citizen. Listen in as I chat with various experts about living and consuming responsibly. we're resharing one of my favorite episodes we've ever done on Good Together, which is all about wine. If you're a fan of this beverage like I am, you're going to learn so much. We break down what clean wine is. We talk about all sorts of things related to the amazing drink. So let's get started. Okay. Hey, Good Together listeners. This is Laura, and I'm here with Allison Jordan to talk a little bit about all things ethical, sustainable, and clean wine, which we're so excited to, to get into today. So Allison Jordan uh, is... The, uh, she's helped created the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance, a nonprofit organization established by the Institute and the California Association of Wine Grape Growers to promote sustainability from grapes to glass. And Allison's got a quite a big background. I'll let her get into it in just a second, but suffice it to say she has spent her life in wine <laughs> um, and is just quite the expert. So welcome
1: Allison. Thank you so much, Laura. It's so great to be with you today.
0: Absolutely. So I wonder if you could kind of give your um, give our listeners uh, an intro as to sort of who you are and how you got started into the clean wine journey that you're on right now.
1: Sure. And I would actually say that I am more in the sustainable wine realm. But okay, we'll I'm- get
0: into that for sure.
1: <laughs> talk more about that. I actually came to this realm through, I guess, my real sincere interest in environmental issues over the years, both through my academic experience. I was a psychology undergraduate, so a little bit of a different background, but always really interested in environmental issues. And one of my first starts on my career path was with Resource Renewal Institute, which is a nonprofit that was started by one of the founders of the Trust for Public Land and um, one of Terry Brown's first resources secretary in his first administration. So I have a really strong environmental nonprofit background. And I was in graduate school at the Goldman School of Public Policy and looking for what I wanted to do next and really became interested in this public-private partnership, sort of the gray area where work can really get done um, that was possible what I saw was a real possibility with the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance and with Wine Institute. So so shortly after getting my degree in public policy, um, I was actually offered a full-time position at Wine Institute. It was just after the first publication of the California Code of Sustainable Wine Growing, which is really um, the, the basis of both our educational and our certification program. And I've been involved ever since. I I had a chance to really form this new nonprofit, the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance, back in 2003 and really just grow the program, um, develop a certification program from the ground up and really engage a lot of different partners in our work. So it's been a really exciting career. I've been doing this for about 17 years now, which is hard to believe.
0: That's amazing. And I love that your um, passion for sustainability and wine really kind of predates a lot of the chatter that we hear today about, you know, what sustainable wine is, what clean wine is. So I wonder if we can kind of get into it. I know um, I, I just use the word clean wine. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about what you see the differences in these types of um, labels and sort of. What consumers can start to look for as they think through, uh, you know, purchasing a new bottle of of wine.
1: Sure. Well, I would say that there really is a, a true definition of sustainability now. After the two decades that the industry in California, but also around the United States and also internationally, um, the work that we've done really has helped define what sustainability means. And there are now certification programs that have very specific requirements and standards third-party verification, all the things that you would want to see in in standards and in certification. Um, They're set by various organizations around the world, including by the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance. And most programs in the sustainability realm address practices in the vineyard. So things like water and energy efficiency, soil health, responsible crop protection, wildlife habitat, all kinds of things um, that happen in the vineyard. But they also address wineries. Um, some of them do. And that includes things like winery and water use, efficiency, recycling, sustainable purchasing. So you're thinking about your supply chain, not just what you do as a company. And it is really that more holistic approach that's the hallmark of sustainability. Um, and then some, but not all, address community aspects or so- social aspects of sustainability, things like neighbors, employer, employees, contributions to the community. And our program addresses all three, so the vineyard, winery, and community. It is also a bit of a philosophical question because sustainability doesn't really have an endpoint. It's all about this ongoing improvement as a key tenant. And because of this, we actually have, in addition to meeting those stringent requirements on sustainable practices, um, we also require vineyards and wineries to identify improvements that are priorities for them. And they have to be implementing action plans annually to make improvements.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we, we talk about this a lot in the podcast, which is there is not uh, an, an end in sight when we think about being conscious consumers and, and thinking more about the impacts that our purchases and our industries are having on the planet. So I love when we hear from Folks in the nonprofit space, um, who who talk about wanting to benchmark progress, because I think that makes so much sense. So, can you tell us a little bit more about um, how you're defining, um, you know, for instance, other other types of uh, uh, terms that might be going into wines that consumers see? So, like organic, biodynamic, more of these types of buzzwords, if you will. Like, how do those come into play? in the work that your organization
1: does? Sure. Um, I think all of these approaches are all sort of have that end goal of being more environmentally responsible, um, and they're all being used in California. But I think of the, these three approaches, sustainable, organic, biodynamic, as sort of these three overlapping circles, of Venn diagram, that there are some areas in common, um, things like responsible management of pests and disease, soil health. Those are all in common with those three approaches, but wines made with organically grown grapes have to come from vineyards that follow standards that are set by the National Organic Program It's called the NOP and it's um, the United States Department of Agriculture oversees that. And really what that means is that only National Organic Program materials can be applied Um, Sometimes people think it means no materials are applied. That's not true. Organic growers also need to handle pests and disease in vineyards, but they um, must be using only materials that are approved. Um, And then there's another category of organic wine. So wines that are labeled organic also cannot add sulfites. And sulfites are actually naturally occurring, but they are also sometimes added to basically prolong shelf life. So if you see a wine labeled organic, um, it just basically means that no sulfites were added and the, the grapes are from certified vineyards.
0: Okay. Um, That's and- really interesting. I, You know, I, we um, folks who, who are interested in this definitely hear a lot about sulfites. And I know there's like always debates on whether or not they're good or bad for you from a health perspective. But I do like the lens of thinking through organic wines from this. That's super interesting.
1: Yeah. And then biodynamic, the other one that you mentioned, um, that's really thinking about the vineyard as a closed loop. Um, so they they have to start with organic. So biodynamic farms are also farming organically, um, but they also use natural alternatives for promoting a healthy ecosystem, um, for for having healthy soil. So things like they can't use, well, I already mentioned the organic piece, but they use um, compost teas and natural preparations to enrich the soil. They use insectaries to control pests. It's actually something that um, sustainable wine growers often do too, where you want to basically have those beneficial insects on your property so they can help you naturally control pests in your vineyard. Um, then they also do some interesting things that, um, that is always a point of interest, I think, from consumers. And that those are things that are a little bit maybe more spiritual in nature. Um, and they also do planting and pruning determined by phases of the moon. Um, there's oh, wow. A lot of interesting, <laughs> I think, stories. And that's why Biodynamic has caught people's imagination. Um, but sustainability, again, is really much more comprehensive. So not only is it dealing with um, the, the crop protection, but also cover crops and drip irrigation, conserving water, composting, recycling. Um, also, you know, energy, which is a really big issue for both wineries and vineyards to do that and be most efficient as possible using alternative energy, those types of things. And then the broader world. So thinking about the ecosystem we live in and protecting wildlife habitat and making sure that um, we're thinking about our purchasing, too, so that that's done sustain- sustainably as well.
0: Yeah, I love to hear sort of the the unpacking of the way these terms kind of exist together, I almost like envision like a Russian nesting doll (laughs) where you have something at the bottom and all of these things are kind of going into them. I think that's fascinating. So to kind of expand on that, I wonder if we can talk a little bit about the positive impacts of choosing a sustainable wine over a non-sustainable alternative, both from a sort of planetary and environmental perspective, but also potentially from um, a wellness perspective, if you have any thoughts
1: on that. Sure. Well, I think one of the benefits of sustainability and probably why it has been so broadly embraced by California vineyards and wineries is that it has so many benefits Um, from a producer perspective. You know, it can be really more cost effective and it can help you um, retain employees and attract employees. We know that especially millennials and Gen Z and others really care about working for a place that that mirrors their values. Um, So there are lots of reasons internally from a business perspective. It makes a lot of sense. Really, um, one of the other things I often hear growers and wineries talk about is it was so helpful just to stop what I was doing all the day to day, you know, hundreds of decisions that you're making that really do have an impact on environment, on social equity, on on um, your economic bottom line. Really just stand back and take that holistic view is a really helpful process for people to go through. So I think that's some of the benefit internally, certainly from a planetary health perspective, you know, protecting natural resources, conserving habitat, um, also thinking about how this can be part of the solution for climate change in terms of carbon sequestration and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. I think there's some really exciting things happening in the world of sustainable ag and sustainable viticulture. I love
0: that you've given them this framework to to think through it, right? because we we think about this often, which is there's so many different vectors of um, living sustainably and and thinking about things in a sustainable fashion. You've mentioned some of them, but it's everything from energy to um you know impact on the environment and just just so many vectors. So I love it that this framework that your organization has come up with is helping. You know, winemakers think more holistically because Again, like when we when we take a step back and think about the the broader impact, it's oftentimes made by lots of these little decisions that happen on an everyday basis. So that that's that's fabulous. So um I wonder if you know if the wellness equation has ever come up. Like, you know, I know there's oftentimes, like I was mentioning, like debates on quote unquote whether or not sulfites are good for you, but I wonder if there is if your organization's done any work to kind of like look into why a consumer um, should think about it from more of that perspective.
1: Sure. And I definitely would say that from a wine perspective um, for consumers, as a way, if you're purchasing sustainably or organically or biodynamically produced wines, you're supporting sustainable agriculture. And that's really a wonderful thing to be part of and to to join into. Um, So I think it's sort of like voting with your dollars. That's One one piece of the puzzle. Yeah. The other is really more like wine is um, is a product that can be enjoyed with a meal, with family, with friends. So it really can be part of a if, if in moderation can be part of a healthy lifestyle. So I think that's part of it. Um, we think about wine quality sometimes. How do does sustainability impact wine quality? Because that's yes. obviously a consumer issue.
0: Would love to know more about that. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because I, I feel like it's really hard. There's so many variables, it's really hard to have any sort of quantitative scientific analysis of that. Sure. But again, I think it's sort of that that care and attention that's being paid by those who are are using these practices. Um, they're really I think walking through the vineyard, lots of touch points, really thinking about what they're doing. So that is certainly part of quality. There are some sustainable practices, um, the pre- precise management water management, for instance, that can have a positive impact on wine quality, soil health. You know, all all of the things that we want to do for a healthy environment also can help with healthy vineyards, attracting beneficial insects so that they can help with with prey with pests and those types of things. So there's a, a really great just i think cycle of win-wins for everyone along the way
0: that's amazing yeah and i think kind of thinking more about this quality perspective um i had a chance to go sample some biodynamic wines um i it was actually in san francisco i used to be based there i'm not, i'm now in seattle but it was a i believe it was a, a a wine bar that specialized in the in this type of wine and i did notice that there was I couldn't even put my finger on it, but there was there was definitely a difference in the wine that I you know was told is biodynamic versus um, you know versus more of a traditional type, and I you know I think it's similar to what you were talking about where it's it's very hard to like put your finger on what that difference is because you, grapes are not apples, <laughs> you cannot compare grapes to grapes in, in that fashion and in most cases. So I wonder if you ever hear you know consumers asking you like. Is the taste, like, is it going to affect the taste? Like, how do these different processes perhaps affect taste, maybe more so than, like, the grapes themselves?
1: Well, I'm not a winemaker, but I have heard <laughs> many winemakers wax on poetically about this topic. Um, so I think there are some people that really do feel, uh, obviously, what you're doing in the vineyard ends up really impacting what, what comes out in the glass. So I think from a, just a logical perspective, you can see that there's a direct connection there. But again, we haven't really done any sort of quantitative scientific. And the other thing that's really an important point is that people can be adopting these practices and decide not to get certified. So yes, some of it's um really just getting to know it's just like we're doing with farmers markets all over the country, getting to know your farmers and understanding what what they do and what they believe in and what they're what their um what practices they're using in their own farms. And it's very similar for for vineyards um, and for wineries. They may or may not choose to get certified and they also may or may not choose to put it on the bottle. But in any case, um, they really love talking about what they do. And so if you have a chance to visit a winery and go wine tasting, I would just encourage people to ask questions and, and do tours where you can. A lot of wineries now offer eco tours and you can really get an understanding of What's going on out in the vineyard, and often have a glass of wine in your hand while you're doing the educational part of it. So it's wonderful.
0: (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I mean, everybody loves that, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, one thing I was going to ask on the certification topic, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about the certification that your organization offers and maybe give us a little bit of a primer into. Other certifications that people might be able to look for when they go to the grocery store, whether they're you know in California or not, and maybe maybe the grocery store is not even the right place. Like it might not be that that stuff is widely distributed yet. So, we would love to hear like a little bit more about that.
1: Sure. So, for our program, um, we have a number of different requirements. So, they basically have to be using. I mentioned earlier our California Code of Sustainable Wine Growing to be evaluating their practices every year. And there's over 200 practices and 15 d- different issue areas, You know everything, again, from soil management, energy and water use efficiency, um, neighbors and community, sustainable purchasing, all of these different areas, they have to be evaluating themselves. They also have to be using specific practices. So we have a number of them that we call requirements or prerequisites that they have to be employing. Um, they also have to be meeting an overall benchmark on, on their scores in the code. And then they also have to be um, using uh, measuring to manage. We always talk about it's really important to understand what your what your, your use of natural resources is, is now and what is in the future. And it helps you ask questions. Maybe um, it's really about the conditions that you were operating within. But for people to be measuring in order to be able to better manage is really an important piece of it. So we require water and energy use efficiency, greenhouse gas emissions, and applied nitrogen um, as our metrics. And then they, they also have to be complying with certain um, restrictions on crop protection materials. And then that really important piece that I mentioned is they have to be continuously improving. So there's a third party um, auditor that does that check every year, the an okay. annual, annual certification.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And and I love that, you know, the breaking down what a certification is, is super important for our listeners to understand, because I think, you know, it, it's very easy for people to simplify something in their mind and realize that, no, there's actually a lot that goes into it. So um, how how would a consumer get their hands on a bottle of wine that carries your certification?
1: So for our program, um, if you go to sustainablewinegrowing.org, And the certification, you can find a list of all of our certified vineyards, wineries, and wines. We also have some really great tools. DiscoverCaliforniaWines.com has a great section on sustainable wine growing, and we offer a free one-hour online course. So if someone really wants to get into sustainable wine growing, they can do that and become one of our, we call them our sustainable wine growing ambassadors. Um, That's really for tasting room staff and for trading consumers who are really interested in the topic. Um, And then we also are in the process of developing a new website where you can actually um, search a database for vineyards, wineries and wine. So all of that's coming, but there's also the label that you can look for when you're in the store. And um, often wineries that are bearing our our logo or are certified have a little logo on their website. So we definitely encourage people to check out wineries. They have often sections on what they're doing about sustainability. So that's a great way to get educated. in terms of other California programs that you can look for, Lodi Rules, Napa Green, SIP Certified are all programs that allow a logo on the bottle, so you can look for those. Um, even in other U.S. states like Oregon, um, and actually other states use what's called the LIVE program, L-I-V-E, you can look for that. In New York, there's a Long Island Sustainable Wine Growing Program. And then there's also some international pro- programs in New Zealand, Australia, Chile, so um I would encourage people to look for logos, but also to read and to ask questions. And again, even if someone's not certified, they might be using sustainable practices and and you'll want to be chatting with them about that and really getting to know your producers.
0: For sure. And so to me, it kind of sounds like the only option um, for like a national uh, wide certification that that speaks to some of these values would be organic to an extent. Um, But I'm curious, like, have you ever thought about uh, the the potential for something to be done on a national level, and if you if you've ever thought about like maybe why that hasn't happened, or if there's any kind of appetite for that um, in the future.
1: Well, a couple things. One is that it's worth pointing out that um, California is the largest wine producer in the United States. It's over 80 percent of wine is made. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> that, and, um, that's we interesting. have over 4,000 <laughs> wineries and 6,000 wine grape growers, so it's a really um, big, diverse industry. Sure. Graphically and soil and all of the things that go into how things can be sustainably produced also are regionally different. And so it's already complex enough in California. I think yeah. that's why there's benefit. Also from um, just the grower and winery perspective, they're at the table. They're part of this. they peer peer-to-peer exchange of information and and a little bit of healthy competition. And so the, the resources and the energy that comes from being somewhere really is, I think, important. But we also are working collaboratively. So we have a project right now where we're working with Oregon, Washington, and New York to share lessons learned and to share trade and consumer research, those types of things. So there are ways that we can work together. Here in California, we actually also allow wineries to use our logo and also include grapes that are certified to load our rules or SIP certified. There's Lots of common ancestry. Most of the same practices are covered. There's an annual audit, all of those things. So we we also include that in our program. Um, So there's lots of ways, I think, just sharing definitions, sharing understanding of sustainable wine growing. That's really important. But there's also some benefit of having multiple programs.
0: For sure. That makes total sense. So um, as we kind of wrap up our conversation, I'd love it if we could talk a little bit about um, if there's any specific places that people can visit when they go to California wine country. Like I imagine there are um, on your website, there's there's specific wineries, but I wonder if there's any that you'd like to give um, a shout out to for like a really educational tour or anything like that would be curious. I mean, I, I understand if you can't, but we always <laughs> like to ask.
1: No, it's a great question. Um, Actually, I think there are some really great tools. The list I mentioned that's on sustainablewinegrowing.org. There's also a searchable map on Discover California Wines. Okay. And you can use some filters around sustainability and organic that you might want to check out. And then also on our new website that I mentioned, um, and of course I don't have the website with me right now, but um, uh, I don't want to say it in case it's wrong, but We'll be publishing that and make a big deal about it. So just go to sustainablewinegrowing.org or discovercaliforniawines.com and you'll be able to get access. And it will also have a a visit feature. So all of our map, all all of our wineries that are certified will be appearing on that map. Um, And I would just really look for with those filters, you can sometimes figure out which wineries offer tours in their vineyard. I think that's really an exciting place to see. But also when you're visiting wineries, you can see things like owl boxes. And sometimes if you're lucky enough, you can catch a falconer who's out there scaring away the birds that that prey on the grapes.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, I've actually done that before. Um, I, My husband and I went to like a falconry class once just for a like sort of a fun date. And it was just so fun. And then after that, we were at a winery, and we saw that, and I thought it was just absolutely fascinating that that is still a method uh, that's used. And of course, let me talk about eco-friendly, right? <laughs> exactly.
1: And but there's also, you know, um, solar panels and windmills and things that you'll you'll probably spot and wonder what is that and why is that. And I would just again encourage you to ask questions because really sustainable practices are being adopted all over the state. It's It would be hard to point to a winery that's not using some sustainability in their approach. Um, and so I think it's more fun just to sort of explore where you are if you're already going to Napa or Sonoma or to Santa Barbara or Paso Robles or even, um, let's see, where else can we go? Lake County and Lodi. They're all over the state. Um, there's really great places to go and check out. And and I think you'd once you know a little bit more about sustainability, you'll spot these things yourself. And it's kind of the fun of it.
0: Yes. I love, I love the, the, um, thought of kind of using your eyes and looking around. And so I do know also that people that are not as close to this, um, oftentimes experience wine in tasting rooms. So I wonder if there's any like consumer friendly questions we could get people to ask. So I suppose like, One would be, you know, how do you um, treat pesticides, um, you know, on your on your farm? Like, what's your relationship to that? I wonder if there's any other sort of like really basic questions that people could potentially kind of pull out of their pocket when they talk to perhaps um, a winery representative at a tasting room or something like that.
1: Sure. I think just asking very specifically about um, are you using sustainable practices? Are you certified organic, sustainable, biodynamic Um, I think like some of the land conservation and the biodiversity and habitat protection topics are really interesting. Yes. Um, Let's see the use of cover crops. Um, There's just so many water conservation. Anything that you pick out that's a topic that's of interest to you for whatever reason, I think those are the starting points for a great conversation.
0: Absolutely. We talk a lot about um, shopping with your values um, in this podcast and on Brightly. And we believe that, you know, while we all care about all of these things, (laughs) um, as individuals, we will care about some of these things more than others, right? You might be really interested in um, making sure that animals, uh, you know, in their habitats are conserved. So maybe you'll lean more into that versus somebody who might be really passionate about the adoption of clean um, energy, Mm-hmm. World, so I love that you've you've put that lens on it. So, um, so Allison, in closing, we usually like to ask our, our guests this sort of final question, which is, um, well, actually, final two questions. So, number one, um, can you tell us what excites you the most about the ethical and sustainable movement in in winemaking right now? Like, what what's the most exciting thing happening right now?
1: You know, for me, and it's probably because I do know these people. It's really the broad. Involvement, whether again, on, from an educational perspective, we do workshops all over and we've had hundreds of workshops with thousands of participants. Just the, the level of understanding is really amazing. I mean really sustainability starts with the people and I've had the pleasure of knowing so many wonderful vintners and growers, so that always gets me excited hearing them talk about it. I mean one of the challenges with with your earlier question about what do you ask someone who's in the tasting room, is we're trying to make sure that wineries are telling those who are out selling their wine about these stories because we know that trade and consumers care. Um, So making sure that they're able to talk about it as well as someone who might be managing the land or actually operating the winery. Um, But really certification can, can help back up those sustainability claims, it can help communicate. And so it's great to see that growing, but at the end of the day, it's really about implementing sustainable practices on the ground. And um, we know that both engagement and adoption is growing. So that makes me excited. The other part is the innovation. Um, So I I think because this is now so so much a fabric of our industry, there is this healthy, I wanna have the bigger solar panels or the biggest installation, or I'm gonna figure out this new um, water conservation technology so I can clean and reuse my water from my winery. Those types of things are really exciting to watch. Um, and there's always something that's new and exciting to, to learn about, um, and that really shows that our industry is at the forefront of sustainability, but also we can be part of the solution to some of our most challenging issues as a society.
0: Absolutely. I mean, a little bit of healthy competition for people who want to sort of outgreen each other. Hey, I'm here for that. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that every every. Maybe they'll make a reality show out of it. That would be kind of (laughs) interesting. (laughs) Um, And I, I also love the point that you just made about, you know, sure, you might go into a tasting room as a consumer and ask some of these questions to an employee that works there. And they might not know the answer. Um, hopefully, they've got a resource to point you to, whether it's mm-hmm. the winery's website, et cetera. But the other thing that's interesting is even if they don't know the answer to those questions, I would hope that they go back and tell the owner or the manager um, of the tasting room or of the winery that more and more people are coming in and asking about this. So you know, A, that's going to send a signal that consumers care about that. But B, it's going to send them a signal, which is, we need to kind of get our information straight so that we can better communicate this. And this is not something that we just, you know, talk about from a from a wine tasting room perspective. This is something that we talk about for really any business that our listeners are interested in kind of digging more into. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, I think sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to put. Um, you know this person on the spot; they're probably not the right person to ask. And sure, there 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 might be an aspect of that, but at least the you know the, the worst thing they're going to do is tell you um, here uh, I don't know, but here here's another place to find it. So I love that we can kind of vote with our dollars, like you talked about earlier. Vote with our um, feet, uh, choosing where we want to go to support, um, and then you know prodding companies to be more open and transparent because it's just going to continue to further the conversation and further the industry um but Allison thank you so much for for joining us we this was extremely fascinating I personally um I you know like a lot of uh like a lot of folks right now I'm drinking a lot of wine at home <laughs> um and enjoying enjoying wine of course but I think um knowing a little bit more about what goes into the glass um before before we we uh, choose to enjoy it is, is always really good and great information so thank you so much
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me to be with you today.
0: Thanks for joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. And as a special thank you to our listeners, use code Together to get 10% off all products in Brightly's brand new shop full of planet positive swaps for your home. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social, where I know you can find us at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together. So have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.